Educate Google about your brand with Jason Barnard from Calicube. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain, and this is SEO in 2022. Jason, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? In 2022, my number one top tip is the same as the one I was giving in 2021, which is educate Google. You need to educate Google about who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, because that is the fundamental building block on which everything else will then follow in SEO. Okay, so who you are, what it is you do, and who your audience is. Okay, shall we take that step by step? So how do you let Google know who you are? Well, what's interesting, I think, and important in this context is that Google probably understands more or less who you are. It probably has already gathered that information from the information you have on your site, the information on your profile pages around the web as a brand, your LinkedIn page, uh, your CatCrunch-based page, whatever it might be. Um, and I think the important thing is that we, you, you probably haven't communicated it sufficiently, consistently for the machine to truly think that it's got a grip and a grasp on it. And that leads us on to not only does it need to understand who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, but it needs to be confident in that understanding. How do you ensure that Google has that confidence? Do you simply repeat things, the same things again and again in different places, or is there a better way of doing it? Right, well, if we come back to educating a child as an idea, um, a child doesn't understand a concept when you just teach it straight away. The child needs multiple things, one of which is repetition. Uh, and repeating the same thing in different variations is actually quite confusing. Same for a machine. So it's actually uh, the, the trick to actually get the machine to become confident in that understanding is to repeat the same thing on multiple platforms in the same manner. Uh, so you would, you would be looking to say, right, um, I'm going to say this on my website and I will say the same thing on Crunchbase, same thing on LinkedIn and so on and so forth. And another really important aspect is speaking the language. If you speak to a child using words it doesn't understand or in a format it doesn't understand or even language it doesn't understand, obviously there's going to be problems. And Google's native language is schema markup. So you would want also on your uh, website to repeat the information you're giving it using schema markup because schema markup explicitly restates what you're already saying. But it restates it in Google's native language that it can digest natively. That's phenomenally important. But one important thing I, I would say is schema markup is important, but it's not the only thing you need. Just schema markup is only repeating it once. You need that repetition from all sources that this Google child is listening to. And just in relation to schema markup, so then you're in essence saying that by far the most important page to have schema markup on your website is your About Us page. Is there... Yep. Is important to have schema on other pages as well, or is the about us page the absolutely key, most important by far? Well, it actually, I'm, I'm gonna, I hate to say this, it depends. Um, what we're trying to do is, what Google is trying to do, in fact, is identify the entity home. And John Mueller talks about this as reconciliation. The machine has this problem, and it's a very simple problem that we can help to solve, which is why I'm saying, you know, we're, we're the responsible adults and we can solve this problem for Google is that the information about us around the web is fragmented. It's fragmented and it's contradictory. And so it's very confusing. So what you need to do is say, where can I allow this machine to come 
where it will see the defragmented version from the horse's mouth, from me myself, that it can then believe. And contrary to what you might imagine, Google is actively looking for this entity home. And it's looking for the entity home so that it can reconcile, they call it reconciliation, reconcile this fragmented, confused, contradictory information to the, the version from your site. Now, the reason you said about us, and I'll explain that in a little bit more detail, is that if Google will tend to go for the home page because the home page is the most powerful page, but that's not your best bet. You want to attract Google's attention and drag it away to the About Us page because on the About Us page, you can be factual. You can provide who you are, what you do, and who your audience is. And it, you know, a way a machine can understand you don't need to be salesy. You don't need to try and impress the human audience. Whereas on the home page, you're aiming to impress a human audience and tell them where they need to go on the site because the home page is simply a navigation to the final destination, wherever that might be on the site for your user. It's not a destination in and of itself. So if you can get Google to focus on the About Us page, it's a much better option, at which point you would state on that About Us page who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is in the page and in the schema markup, and point to all the corroborative sources, LinkedIn, Crunchbase, Wikipedia, Wikidata, uh, your Twitter channel, your Facebook uh, page, your Instagram, whatever it might be, all of these places that confirm who you are, what you're doing, who your audience is. Um, so, I mean, that certainly gives Google a much greater degree of confidence in relation to who you are. Um, but in relation to them understanding what it is that you do, um, what you describe, the process that you describe, does it apply equally to what it is what you do? Uh, or it, can you bring in other content sources in order to give Google more confidence what it is what you do? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting question from the what you do. You can state what you do. You say, I'm a, CaliCube, for example, is a company uh, who provides consulting services and SaaS platform for brands who want to optimize their brand SERP and improve their knowledge panel. That states basically who I am and what I do. The, what I do is actually much more detailed and nuanced than that. Who I am is very simple. I'm a French company, or CaliCube is a French company that offers these services. What we do is nuanced in terms of it's part of SEO, it's got the brand SERP, it's got different rich elements like video boxes, Twitter boxes, knowledge panels, the details of the knowledge panels, how to control the attributes that Google shows in the knowledge panels, the photos it shows in knowledge panels, the information it shows on the left-hand side. So as you can see, I'm quickly getting into this kind of nuanced discussion of all the different details. And that is the rest of the site. We'll describe little by little, all of these different things I do, where I might potentially provide a solution to Google's users, which is the trick for SEO. So what you are doing is on your About Us page is giving the basic core message of what you do. And then the rest of the site gives the detailed messages as to where Google might be offering individual specific solutions. And uh, I think it was Gary Ilias who recently said, it might have been John Mueller, who recently said, all of that content that you have that doesn't drive traffic is still useful because it helps Google to understand what you do. Uh, okay. And I have clients, uh, they built out a big FAQ section on eSIMS and they drive phenomenal amounts of traffic. Some pages don't drive traffic, but I'm fundamentally convinced that the fact that we have these pages is supporting evidence that we are experts, we're authoritative and we're trustworthy within our industry and that Google can trust us because we know what we're talking about because we're experts. Okay, that's a great tip in itself. So just because pages in your site 
don't get traffic or don't have any external links pointing to them. Don't suddenly think maybe I should redirect them to something else or maybe I should actually even get rid of those pages because they could still be providing a very useful service to Google. Right. And now I remember it was actually John Muller who said that because he said pretty much exactly what you just said, but in, in googly words instead of in David Bainey words. Um, and that actually, you've made a very good point about the links, the inbound links. One thing I'm really, really, really impressed and happy about is that this client called UBG, who do an eSIM offer, we built up an FAQ section. We did no link building at all. We haven't asked for, for a single link. And the links that are incoming are minimal at best. And we outrank Apple for the term, the shorthead term eSIM with no links. Wow. That's phenomenal. And that basically indicates that we serve Google's audience with answers to questions around eSIMs where we are truly an expert, truly an authority, whereas Apple are spreading their bets a bit in the terms that they do a lot of other different things. So you can actually rank for shorthead terms with no links. So the third part of what you shared was trying to get Google to know who your audience is. Yeah. So that's not really done on site, is it? Well, you can start by stating we serve, in Cube's case, digital marketers, okay. online reputation management firms. Because when you're educating a child, you need to state what it is you want the child to understand. And then the child will go and get the corroborative information and understand and be confident it's understood. So if we'd go back to the child, if, if I state my, 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 who I am, what I do, and who my audience is, I say it. The kid goes, okay, great. Then the baker says it. Then the policewoman says it. Then the teacher says it. Then the head teacher says it. Then grandma says it. We're away. The, the child has understood and is confident it's understood the information that I've communicated to it. And I'm coming at it from a brand perspective. I'm saying, if we want to build a solid SEO strategy, or even a digital marketing strategy, we need that fundamental understanding by these machines. And it is Google principally, but it's also Facebook, it's also Apple, it's also Bing, it's also Amazon. All of these machines are trying to understand the world. And they're all going about it more or less in the same manner. So making sure that they know you are the authority and you are telling the truth about yourself, here's the information, child machine. Now go out and corroborate, defragment, uh, reconcile, you're away. And that will apply to everything you're doing. Every single offer you have, every page. If it understands what's in the page, what it offers to the user and which users, who the audience is going to be, of course, it can offer you up as a solution to its users when they're searching relevant terms. It really isn't rocket science, although it probably is. <laughs> now, one way that Google demonstrates that it has the confidence that it's taken the information that you've offered it and really started to understand it or is confident that it knows which box to put you in is that it yeah. gives you a place in its knowledge graph and triggers a knowledge panel. Can, can you talk a little bit about that process and about the value of getting one of those for your business? Yeah, I mean, the knowledge panel is the thing on the right that you see on desktop. And from a from a human perspective, if somebody searches your brand name and you've got that big knowledge panel full of information, you look impressive. And your audience think that you look more impressive than if you don't have one. So it's important from that perspective in terms of making your Google business card, which is what your audience see when they search your brand name, is. Um, so from that perspective, it's already important. Google's reason for putting up a knowledge panel is that they 
bring information together from around the world, around the world, around the World Wide Web, and they defragment it and they put it up as this reconciled version that they have built themselves, which is why often you don't see sources, although sometimes you do. And what it's doing is saying, this is the fact that we've understood about this company, this brand, so that the user can just read it and they don't need to click through to multiple results to get all that information. So what Google are doing is saying the knowledge panel represents that multiple click that the user would have to do, and it simply makes their user's experience better. So the aim for you is to say, I need Google to represent my brand, my company, in a manner that I think is relevant, helpful, and valuable to my audience, and is truthful about who I am and what I do. Um, and from that perspective, you need to take control. You need to actually manage this. And as I said right back to the beginning, educate Google so that it, it gets an understanding. Now, that knowledge graph is Google's understanding of the world. So you're looking at basically the child's understanding of the world, the, its education. And your responsibility in this child's education is your tiny corner of the internet that is you. And if you can look after that, make it right, you're educating that tiny corner of the internet, Google understands, and once again, once it's confident it's understood, that's when it will trigger the knowledge panel and you get that groovy knowledge panel on the right-hand side. That confidence is one of the keys. Understanding, confidence, and the third one is actually probability. So if you do have an ambiguous brand name, getting that knowledge panel to appear becomes quite difficult because the probability they're searching for you is not as clear as if you've got a completely unambiguous name. So if you're called Yellow Door, company called Yellow Door, am I looking for Yellow Door? Am I looking for the company Yellow Door, this other company called Yellow Door? Um, but the ambiguity makes it difficult for Google. Um, so that I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but you're, you're really looking at, for the knowledge graph, understanding confidence. For the knowledge panel, understanding confidence and probability. Okay. So... As an SEO, you've done great work in creating a wonderful About Us page. You've incorporated Schema on there. You've got some other great pages in your site. You've given Google a lot more confidence about what your brand represents. You've started to generate a knowledge panel. What would be the next step after that? If you wanted to go from being a recognizable brand to being the brand leader in your space, what takes you from being... Google being confident about who you are to Google thinking that you're preeminent, that the, 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 the best or one of the best at what you do? Right. Great, great question. And from that perspective, I mean, what I've noticed is pure confidence in understanding is actually already a big driving force for Google. And if you go back to the child, if you say to a child, if you teach a child something, they don't go into the playground and shout about it because they might look like a fool if it's wrong. If they're incredibly confident, they shout it out so the whole world can hear because they're so pleased and proud of themselves that they've understood. So just that confidence in the understanding will already put you a step ahead of the competition. But the, the last one is what I call credibility and what Google are calling expertise, authority, and trust. Uh, for for an, e an SEO, expertise, authority, and trust makes loads of sense. For most people in the branding world, for example, credibility makes more sense. Am I a credible solution for Google's user? In fact, am I a credible solution for the subset of Google's users who are my audience? And that's crucial. Who are my audience? And Google is trying to match the subset of its users to the audience who, who I can actually serve. And if it's confident 
that it's understood who my audience is and what I'm, I can offer them, that's already a big plus. And if it's confident that I'm actually a more credible solution for its users than the competition, I've won the game. So if an SEO hasn't been spending much time thinking about these sort of things, but based upon what you've been sharing, they actually realise this is something that I really need to be spending more time on 2022. What's something that they may have been doing over the last five years or so that has diminished in value that they perhaps should consider stopping doing now to focus more time on doing what you suggest? Right. Well, one of the things that I find with a lot of brands is when I say to them, write a description about your product or your company. Let's start with the company and stick to that everywhere you post it. Stick to this standard version that you're going to repeat to this child until it understands. And they say, ooh, duplicate content. And they insist that they need to write different versions. They need to rephrase it differently to avoid duplicate content. But you have to remember that duplicate content, the problem was plagiarism and attributing the correct source. So Google wanted to rank the original source and not the copiers. But in this case, it doesn't actually matter you're the original source and you're copying yourself, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and from an education point of view, if you're saying something in one way, um, in one place, and then reiterating it differently in another, if you think back to that child, if you do that to a child, it will just get confused. It doesn't understand that you can say these things in different ways, or it doesn't understand it in the same way. And I did an experiment about a year ago where I literally took exactly the same text and I spread it across the entire web, uh, probably 100 references to me personally. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I thought might happen would be that Google would then demote some of the results on my brand SERP because it was repetitive. But it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. It keeps the same results. And it just pulls different chunks out of the pages and puts them in the meta description and moves the title around as it's now doing. So what Google then does is said, actually, these are good representations of you as a brand and they are helpful, valuable and useful to your audience. We will just show your entire palette of your, you know, the different things that you do and that you represent to your audience by picking the different chunks out that we feel are most relevant for each of these results. Let Google do the work. Why waste your time? Great thoughts. And a wonderful way to finish <laughs> off, I think. You can find Jason Barnard over at jasonbarnard.com. Jason, thank you so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thank you so much for having me, David Bain. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. <laughs> <laughs>